Internet's microphone checker. Forget about it, okay? We back at it. Before we get to this week's episode, shouts to everybody who checked out last week's episode, the podcasting in 2019 with Chris Morrow, the podfather. You know, you know, listen, okay? People ask me all the time, you know, could could you give me this info on podcasting? Could you let me know about this? Could you let me know what what, what? let me tell you something? Take the last week's episode and send it to a friend. Listen to yourself, send it to a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend, because there's so much information of where we're at in podcasting on that episode, last week's episode. If you haven't heard it, then put it on your to-do list. Trust me, okay? And let me tell you, I always say it. You already know what it is. Open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app, and check the fucking. Every week, we have people worldwide, international, in the States, checking in. Everybody from Italy to Russia to Sweden to Australia to Amsterdam to all in the States. And I appreciate it. And and, and really, I, I just want to keep the, 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 the Premium Pete show is special because you never know who's going to be on it. And I mean that with all, from the bottom of like my heart, I mean that. You never know who's going to be on it. It could be a rapper. It could be, a, 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 you know, a... a you know, an actor, it could be an athlete, it could be somebody, you know, an entrepreneur, a founder of a startup, a founder of a big company. But my main thing is this. I'm not only doing this so you listen to me. I want people to learn something from it. I want people to take something from it. I want people who are fans of people or things to learn more about it and or learn about it, okay? And that's what's important to me. You know, every week when I get into my Pastor Pete mode, I'll put something up. And and just from being a separated father, you know, I got divorced. So my daughter's going to be 19, uh, uh, April 6th. And, you know, me and her mother got divorced when she was two, two years old. And it was rough. It was a rough It was a rough time to deal with that, to, just to be divorced. I felt like a failure. Mind you, I come from a family, Italian family, who people get married for 50 years. And I only last two years. And I was like, damn, man, what the fuck? I fucked the fuck up. So it was a hard moment. But I, I, I say this. There's a lot of parents, you know, uh, single dads, separated dads, divorced dads that, you know, you know, don't really know, you know, how tough it is to, to, to raise your kid like that, man. It's not easy. The other day I tweeted, attention, single, separated, divorced fathers. Trust I know it ain't easy. But make time. And make the most of your time with your kids. And I mean that, you know, and that's what presence over presence is all about. You know, as and, and here's the thing, right? I want to explain to you. For a regular, you know, uh, father who's living at home with, a, you know, a whole family, you know, sometimes you may be working and you come home from work and your kids come up to you and, and say, hey, I want to I wanna open up that, uh, you know, bubble lawnmower. And you may say, oh, man, come on, we'll open it on the weekend. But when you're a separated dad, it's different. It's a different style. You only have that time. You only have the time. To, there's a limited time. You know, and 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 and, and I, it, trust me, it's hard. And I feel like uh, it, it, a lot of people don't talk about it enough. You know, I speak to, I have tons of people who reach out to me that I try to get back to everybody about being a single father, a separated father, or even a mother. You know, and, and it, it's, it's not easy. So anyway, Intense, let me tell you something. This episode we're about to get into. Before we get into it, I want to shout out my guys from Sopranos Con, okay? Shout out to Dan, shout out to Michael, shout out to the whole crew out there, 
okay? November 23rd and 24th in the Meadowlands in New Jersey, okay? Out in Secaucus, Sopranos Con. You want to find out more info? Go check them out on Instagram, at Sopranos Con. Or go to SopranosCon.com, okay? And one of the people that is behind it is this week's episode. <laughs> you know, you know the fucking, the guinea from fucking uh, 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 Italy? Fiorio? Federico Casalucci. Let me tell you something, man. A lot of people know how much I love mob movies. A lot of people know how much I fuck with Goodfellas. Donnie Brasco, Casino, Bronx Tale. I mean, I can keep on going. But Sopranos is iconic. It was legendary. I used to rush home to watch it every Sunday. Sundays haven't been the same since Sopranos haven't been around. And Furio is it was a big part of that, man. I mean, this guy came in from Italy... Uh, the Enforcer and the whole shit. You know, we, you know, I realized we didn't even speak about with Carmella. We didn't speak about stuff with Carmella as fuck. But it really his journey and just talking with him about the Sopranos and 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 and, and growing up and his family and 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 theater and and just his moments with it. Internet's I don't gotta say no more. Okay, the one and only Federico Castellucci, Fiorio Gunta, Junta. However the fuck you fucking say it. Sometimes I fuck things up. I'm a bad Italian-American butchering words. But anyway, okay, let's get to it. Forget about it. Cheer. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClam, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go. Internets, let's turn up. One time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the Show was milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internets, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting down here with a friend of ours, okay? An enforcer, an actor, uh, an, an artist, you know, a painter, a creative, okay? Uh, listen, this is not a stupid the fucking game, okay? <laughs> the one and only, okay? Federico Castelluccio. Perfect. AKA. Furio Junta. Furio Junta. Junta. <laughs> so you say it better than me. You say it better I than me. I actually had to correct uh, uh, Big Pussy on the show when he was like, Furio, Furio. And I said, Furio. Yeah. You know, before before we even got started, we were talking af- off air about, um, you know, growing up and, and, and yeah. you actually coming so people who may know, so people who know of you, and the people who don't see. Here's how I like to put it: mm-hmm. people who know of you, I want them to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. People who don't know of you, I want them to learn about you. Sure. You know, you, you you've been you acted in you know a bunch of different films, and we'll go over that. One of the main ones that people know you for is The Sopranos, and it's just exactly. amazing that you're this ponytail guy that came from Italy that they called down, and you actually did grow up in Italy. No, actually, I was born in Italy. No, you were born in Italy, and then you came here. Yeah, I was born in Italy. I came to uh, to Patterson, New Jersey, from Naples. Why? Why Patterson, New Jersey? Well, that's where my family was. I my my grandmother and I had an aunt uh, that that moved to Patterson. You know, it was a big city. It's like the third largest city in New Jersey, and so that's that's where my family was. And at the time, there was, uh, you know, you you could you could actually 
there was a law that was passed uh, that you could actually call your family members over uh, and, you know, get a green card. And so that's what my, my parents did. They came, and we came here in 1968. I was three and a half, right from Naples, like from another huge city in Italy. And uh, we, just, we just settled there. And that's yeah. where I grew up, on 21st Avenue in Patterson. You know, you mentioned that you actually, even though you were three and a half years old when you moved from Italy to yeah. Patterson, New Jersey, that you do remember Man, I, I had Italy. It's incredible. I guess it's because, uh, you know, I came into this life as a visual, vi you know, like kind of visually aware. Uh, and everything kind of stuck in my mind, which way the light was coming in from every room. You know, the shape of the doorknobs where you kind of like, you know, you grab it and you kind of go down in order to open up sure. the door. So the, I guess they were at the level of my eyes. So that's the things that I remember, you know. But uh, yeah, I was I was I had a very vivid uh, memory of my uh, of my childhood, which was only about three and a half years in Naples. Yeah. You know, you grew up in, in, in Patterson, New Jersey, you know. Uh, uh, Italian household, Italian family. Yeah. You know, as you got older, you know, move it to, you know, I don't know, uh, middle school or junior high school. Like, who, who the fuck were you? Like, like, <laughs> like, 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 what did you even like? Well, did you, did you settle yeah, in? I, um, you know, uh, you know, I think you have this experience as well because you're an Italian American. Yeah. Uh, I, I grew up as an Italian in New Jersey. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, yeah. you know, everything that we did, even, you know, for Thanksgiving, there was a turkey there. Yeah. But, you know, there are like all kinds of other Italian stuff, sure. you know, Italian food and uh, condiments. So, so <laughs> you know, uh, speaking Italian in the home. I mean, my, my parents, you know, really stressed speaking Italian at home. So we we wouldn't, you know, lose our heritage and our language, which now I'm, I'm so grateful for. And, and I think, you know, that was one of one of the main things that that was required with the character of Furio, which yeah. was to speak fluent Italian. And I have my parents to thank to that for that. Yeah, it's funny, too, because most people who, uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but most people who see you, they expect you to have this fucking accent. <laughs> and then you talk exactly. regular, and they're like, whoa. whoa, whoa. I've, I've had so many people be disappointed, mainly women, that were disappointed <laughs> when they met me. So they're like, no accent? <laughs> like, yeah, it's acting, you know, come on. And that's what, actually, can I tell you a little anecdote about uh, The Sopranos? Sure. Like the, after the first table read, um... You know, I, everybody kind of sits around the table and, you know, everyone says their name and their character name. And it came to me and, you know, I, I, I said my name just like I do in Italian. Federico Castelluccio Furio Giunta. And then I went into the accent every time it was my part to read, to read my role. And so I left and, you know, a day or two later, I'm supposed to be on set to do my scene. And I go into the, <laughs> I go into the, uh, the, the makeup trailer and I see Edie is sitting there, and I, you know, I said, you know, yeah. You, you usually knock and you tell them you're coming up because they might be doing some makeup or something, you know, because you step on the trailer sure, and sure. it kind of, you know, Shake bounces a little bit. And so I, you know, I, I knocked, coming up, and, you know, I said hi to Edie. Hey, Edie, how are you? She's looking at me in a mirror like this. And I said, uh, how are you doing to all the people doing the hair and makeup? I sat down, <laughs> and she's still staring at me. And she goes, what happened to your accent? <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, I, was, I didn't know what they, they even noticed, you know? And uh, the guy doing my hair said, it's, it's called acting, dear. <laughs> and so that was, that was a little uh, 
thing that told me that, you know, it was very believable. So you could just turn it on, like, whenever you wanted? Did you ever, like, find yourself, you know, I mean... Ma che dici tu? What are you saying? No, I know it's not... Uh, I, I, have to, I have to think about it, because <laughs> if, uh, if you think there are, different, there are different types of accents, a little, a little more thicker accent, and then there's a little less, you know, accent. You know, you can ask some people that are, you know, are on 21st Avenue in Patterson. That's where I used to go to, to kind of do my homework, really, in Patterson. You know, I, I, I watching a bunch of interviews of you and, and, and just seeing things over the years, you, you have a lot of love for Sopranos. And, 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 I do. And, and that's because you were even... You, you didn't get on to the... Uh, you weren't on the first season. So you saw no, this show... I was a fan. From, exactly. I was a fan. You know, and, 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 you know, when you think about it, you know, you know one thing I really love about it as being Italian... When I first heard it was coming out, I was like, oh, man, I hope it's not like some cardboard gangster shit. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, yo, forget about it. What are you going to do? You know, like some yeah. kind of like, like, and it was so organic, so authentic, so, so, so believing, so real. It and, was. And, it, and it wasn't just one person. It was everybody. It was a puzzle. It was a puzzle yeah. of people. Well, it was, uh, I agree with you. I mean, uh, when I first heard about The Sopranos, I was, I was actually... I had just started dating um, a, a girl who was transitioning from being a model, you know, Ford, Ford model, from going into going into acting. Sure. And you know, she calls me up one day. She was she was kind of working part time at a, at a restaurant as well, and uh, and she was like major ding there. And so I, she says, "Look, there's something in the breakdowns, you know, backstage that I think you might be right for. You know, when you come in, I'll 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 show you. You know." So I go there. I meet with her. And I'm looking at this. She goes, I said, this is the Sopranos. I said, just like a lot of people thought with the, with the title that it was about singing. And I, I said to her, this is probably like some kind of singing thing. And I don't, I don't do that. And she goes, no, no, no. Read, read it. You know, just read the breakdown. See who's in it. And then I, I saw that uh, Michael Imperioli was in it. I sure. knew Michael. You know, we, we kind of crossed paths in the, in the theater circuit. And... And then I saw James Gandolfini, and James Gandolfini was an actor that was not well known, sure. but I knew him because I saw him in in different like theater situations. Like he was on um, he was he was in um, on Broadway in A Streetcar Named Desire, and I saw that twice because of him, not because of Alec Baldwin. But Alec, I love you, but it was because of Jim. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, I went there, I saw him in like little supporting character roles and, and I would catch him and he would stand out. And one day I was, I went to go see a friend of mine at a, in a play. I was with a buddy of mine, Tiagi Schwartz, you know, you know, we studied acting together and everything. He, you know, this, we knew, we knew what good acting was, right? Sure. And all of a sudden this guy walks in and he sits behind us and I said, Hey, Tiagi, I said, the guy sitting behind us is a fucking unbelievable actor. And it was James Gandolfini. Mm. And he came in to see um, a f a, my friend who was, uh, was actually, uh, two, there were two friends of ours, Tim Williams, who is the <laughs> Trivago guy. <laughs> he was doing theater. And, uh, and he, was, uh, he was married to uh, Angelica Torn at the time. She changed it to Page. Now she's Angelica Page. And unbeknownst to me, uh, Angelica Page and Jim Gandolfini had done a, a film together. And so I, I said to him, I pointed out, I said, man, eight millimeter, did you see this fucking guy? He's an incredible actor. Who knew that a few years later that I would be working with him? First time you ever met James Gandolfini. Yeah, I'll tell you how that was. 
um, it, I'd have to back up the story a little bit because sure. it, it goes into my audition. Sure, we'll bounce around. We'll yeah, bounce, yeah, it goes it sure. goes back into okay. it goes into my audition. So I um, when I when I auditioned for Fury, actually the first year I auditioned for another character, uh, John, uh, Johnny Sack. Johnny Sack, right. exactly. Right. And I, I when see here's here's the thing. After I read that breakdown, I saw who was in it. Nancy Marchand was you know Johnny Ola. I'm like. I, it's like this is this is and it's about the New Jersey mob. I grew up around these guys, sure, man. Sure. This is like, you know, there's something that I have to offer here. I really do. I and I was doing theater. I was 12 years into into doing theater, television, film. You know, I was doing everything, anything that I could get as an actor here in the city. And um, so I said, this is something I really. So I called my agent. I said Bob Barry from BHB Barry Half Brown years ago. And I said, Bob, look, there's this show. He goes, yeah, I know about it. You know, I said, is there anything I'm right for? Because I, I think that, you know, but I, I don't want to do it like a day player. I said, I, I want like a character arc, you know, sure. maybe two or three episodes, that kind of thing. Look out for something like that. So he kept calling me for like day player shit. And I said, I don't want to do that. That's under five lines and stuff like that. This is too important of a show to, to, to waste your time with that. I said, he, so he calls he calls me up. He goes, I'm going to send you some sides. There's, there's a character. It's like a couple episodes. I said, all right. I read it. I call him back up. I said, what the hell is this? I said, this is, this is a John Gotti type. I said, I'm not John Gotti. I had long hair. <laughs> he, goes, I, he goes, I don't know. They, I sent in your picture, and they, wanna, they, want, they want to read you. Well, I read for it. I, did a, I thought I did a really great job. Got a call back. Nothing after that. Yeah. Didn't hear a thing. And I said, I knew it. When I saw who they chose, which was Vince Curatola. Vince Curatola is a phenomenal actor. Oh, he played man. The, he played and he the, was yeah. he was so perfect for that role. That's who I envisioned. You know? They you were look, they were looking for an older guy, right? For that mainly well, I mean, too. It, it was in the breakdowns as a John Gotti type. I, that wasn't yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So um after like hounding my my agent for <laughs> I mean like for months, finally he goes, I got something that that I think you're gonna like. So it, it, the, it was originally slated as Furio, no last name. Um, it was Tony Soprano's cousin from Italy. I said, mm. wow. So I read it. You had, to, you had to be able to speak fluent Italian and to do a convincing Italian accent. That was the, that was the requirement. And I said, wow, this is, this is great, man. I, you know, this do you remember me. where you went? Do you, it was like in the city? Or was yeah, it was Jersey? in the city. Oh, I, okay. I read for George Ann Walken. Actually, it was for uh, Mary Clay Bolin, I think her, her name was. And I remember <laughs> she shut the camera off. And after I did the audition, she goes, Federico, thank you. That was like a breath of fresh air. And to me, I'm like, wow, I've never heard that before. I, I guess that's a good sign. My agent calls me. He left a message on my machine at the that time. same day? That same night, I went home. You know, we didn't have cell phones back sure, then. Sure. So, <laughs> so I, I get a, you know, I clicked on the tape, uh, the, the, the machine, the recorder, and, and it was my agent saying to call him. Called him up. He said, listen, uh, they, they want you to read for the producers. I said, really? Oh, this is good. So I called up my friend uh, who had just gotten on the show. Um, and uh, her name is Aida Turturro. She played uh, Janice Soprano. Yes. You know? So I said, Aida, listen, uh, you know, got a call back on this thing. And she goes, that's good, Federico. Uh, but I'm going to tell you one thing. It's one of the coldest rooms that I've ever read for. And I said, listen, I, I read this script. I said, you know, this part of Furio, it's missing that, that, that fiber, that Italian fiber from Italy, you know, that I know so well. And 
whoever wrote this knows a lot about Italians, but they're missing that Italianismo. I, I call it an Italianismo. Sure, sure. So she go. I said, I feel like I need to say something. You know, she goes, she cut me off and goes, Federico, don't say a fucking word. She says, don't ad lib. Whatever you do, do not ad lib. <laughs> I said, are you serious? I said, but I feel in my gut. She goes, don't feel anything. She goes, those words, they, they, you, you live and die by those words. So was that David Chase, like, like meaning like they didn't want to alter that no. script at all? No, it, it, that's exactly right. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize that that was, you know, because I, I was used to ad libbing. I was sure, used to sure, like bringing sure. in. But you know, when I read, when I read that role, and it was brilliantly written, I felt like it, it was just that little piece was missing. So, so she gives you I, the info. I go, I, you know, I go, I say, well, thanks a lot. So I said, okay, I'm not going to do that. I go to the fucking, I go to the audition, right? And I see all these people sitting there. I see some guy with white hair sitting in there. And there's a couple people sitting on the couch. There's three people in the back. Then I see a guy who introduces himself as the director, Tim, uh, Tim Van Patten. And, you know, uh, the, the casting director's there, you know, she's, she's taping it. So I go into my audition. What do I, with the part that I auditioned with, you know what that was? <laughs> it was the, the brothel scene mm. where I go in there and I, you know, just wreak havoc. And yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what sure. I mean? So there's some dialogue with- Shoot with the guy in the- in Candle feet. Yeah. yeah. So, He's so, outside you know, smoking a cigar. Yeah. So you, you have to make that real for yourself and you have to make, you have to make it, it's got to be real to the audience and to the people in front of you. So I went into it. I had the reader there, and I went into it. I mimicked. I stood up, mimicked all the fighting and everything. And I, I just literally, I felt from a cold room like this. They were all there like this, you know. You know, it's like from a cold room. Then I felt everybody kind of sitting up like this. I, I felt the, the difference in the room. I felt the, 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 the atmosphere change. It, it was subconscious, but it was there. I felt it. And I, you know, I even, you, as an actor, you kind of feel when you're on stage, when you're, you know, you're working on stage, you kind of feel the audience, you get something sure, from sure. them. And so I finished my audition just before I was the, just before the last part of the audition. <laughs> I don't know what fucking came over me. I guess it was because they were so into it. I ad-libbed the line. I said, you're lucky I didn't kill you. Well, in Italian. Okay. I said. And I spit. So I, that was the end, right? And I, don't, I hear silence. So I look around and they're like, thank you. Thank you very much. So I, I said, thank you to them. And I grabbed my bag. I was ready to, to go. And I, and I hear, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute, Federico. We're, I, and it was somebody from the couch that was talking to me, an older guy. And he goes, uh, Federico, uh, where, where are you from? And I said, what do you mean? Where am I from? Like, where was I born? Or He goes, everything. I said, well, I was born in Naples, Italy. And I, I came, you know, I, I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. And I saw a little smile come across this guy's face. And that guy was David Chase. Wow. I come to find out. And so um, I'm about to leave again. I said, well, thank you very much. And another guy comes up to me. And he goes, excuse me, Federico. And he walked up to me. And he said, uh, that last thing that you said in Italian, he goes, what, what did you say there? And I'm like, oh, fuck. In my mind, I'm saying, I said, um, you're lucky I didn't kill you, you fucking whore. And he goes, okay. And he walked away. And that guy was Terry Winter. Wow. He's the guy who created 
Terrence Winter created my yeah. carry, created, yeah. I didn't know it at the time. So I, I go home, right? It was a, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was on cloud nine. I'm like, shit, man. Just for that little bit, I was like f afraid that I fucked it up. And I, all of a sudden, I was like on this high. I was like, holy shit, this is great, man. And I called my agent and I said, I said, Bob, man, I think I, I you know, this, this audition went incredibly well. You know, I, I, you know, I think they were, they really liked it. He goes, all right, all right, all right, no problem. One week goes by, nothing. Fuck. Two weeks, two weeks go by, nothing. I, I'm calling up, I'm pulling out my hair. I'm like, fucking shit, what the fuck is going on here? I said, I said, Bob, I, he goes, listen, Federico, he's getting really pissed off with me now. He's like, Federico, he had this really scratchy voice. Federico, hey, hey look, nobody called. There's, there's nobody called, but the thing is still on the breakdowns. <laughs> so the part was still on the breakdowns, which was a good sign. They didn't cast anybody yet. So now it gets to where your question was my first time that I met Gandolfini. Mm. They, my, finally, after two and a half weeks, <laughs> I get a call from my, my, my agent, and he says they want to they see you again. They want to read you with James Gandolfini. I said, really? I said, whoa, okay. Um, I was a little... I was a little taken back that they wanted me to read me again because sure. I said that was it you know I, I did the first audition then they had me read for producers in front of them you know sure. and the director and so uh they said well you know you have to come in one more time and read with uh with James Gandolfini so okay I go I go to Silver Cup Studios and I'm just waiting outside you know they you wait outside before you go in and I'm just kind of going over my stuff and you want to do the same thing that you did you don't want to change anything but I wasn't going to do the Italian thing. So they, they said, we have a new script. And I, while I was out there, I'm like saying, a new script. So they give me this new script, and I'm, I'm reading through it. And I get to the last part, and it says, in Italian, you're lucky I didn't kill you, you fucking whore. <laughs> wow. I said, holy shit, they wrote in my line. So I go in. Now, but, oh, before I go in, I hear, I hear a familiar voice. I hear... Uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, this this guy, blah blah blah, and, and it's Vinnie Pastor, yeah. and he's he's walking with with Gandolfini towards the thing. So they they walked right past me. I was on the side there, and I saw them walk in, and so they were actually shooting a scene, and they called him out to read with me. So this time I go in, and there's twice as many people in in the room. So I, I guess there are some people from HBO there. You know, Vinny, I see Vinny Pastor in the background. I knew Vinny as well. We had done a play together years ago in another film. And uh, so I was, you know, when you're, when you're in this situation, you're very focused. You know, just you're, you're there to do your work. Sure. Did the audition. And again, they were like, thank you. And all of a sudden, I hear uh, someone came up to me and they said, we'd like to, you know, could, could you take a look at this? You know, would you mind doing this scene? Now, it's... I'm looking at him saying, holy shit, this is a cold reading. I mean, and every actor, you know, you want, you want to have time to kind of prepare. Sure. So it was a cold reading, but at the top it said, um, Naples, Italy. The scene takes place in Naples, Italy. So, and it said in Italian, there was a lot of stuff that was in Italian that, that I had to translate. So I said, you know, can I have a few minutes? They go, take your time. So I, I took like five, five minutes out there. I came back in, we did the scene and I, I remember Gandolfini 
breaking character a little bit and he laughed when I was when I was saying some shit in Italian, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then um I I finished the scene and they said thank you very much. They showed very little emotion and uh and I grabbed my bag again and I see Georgianne walking, kind of she's behind the camera, she was operating the camera that day. She says, Federico, just go home, have a drink, relax. <laughs> we'll give you a call. We'll let you know. Okay. Go home. Weekend, I'm like pacing, you know, uh, just one of those things where it's like you're on eggshell. This is a great, I mean, like, you, I knew what this show was. Sure. It where, was a great show. Where were they up to at that moment? Were they in season? They were, this is the beginning of seasons two. Okay. The beginning of season two. So, you know, I knew how great the show was. It was, it was unbelievable. Everybody, and it, it was sort of at the height now of its, its popularity sure. now in the second sure. season because it just blew up. And um, so I'm, I'm with a client for, for my paintings, you know, it, at the time that was on Monday morning. And I get a, I, there was a phone, the phone rang and I said, excuse me to her. And I pick up the phone and they're like, uh, Federico? I said, yeah. Uh, they're like, okay, just, just need, uh, you know, your neck, you know, neck size, you know, your pants. And I said, I said, what is it? Who is this? They're like, this is wardrobe. I said, wardrobe? She's like Sopranos, wardrobe. Uh, for the character Furio? This is Federico, right? I go, wait a minute. Do I, I, I got the job? She's like, yeah, nobody told you. So it was oh the actual God. wardrobe person that told that. But what happened was uh, my, my agent, for some reason, left a message on my, on my recorder in the city. In, you know, in New York City. So he left a message there saying, I got the job, but I never knew it. And so, That's yeah. classic. That's classic. You know, so, so, so you meet. Now, what was your interactions with uh, um, Gandolfini after that? Like, did you, did you head right into work after that? Did you start shooting right after that? Yeah. Well, um, what, what happens with every, with every television show um, is that you do a table read with the sure. cast, the entire cast. How were those? Fun? They were great. The first one, the first one that I did was, um, I was just sitting there, right? And all of a sudden I start reflecting back to my, my, the time that I, I came into Patterson. I'm saying, you know, I never, I always wanted to kind of get into theater and, and try acting, but there's no, there was no opportunities. You know, my, I, my high school didn't have a theater program at the time, you know, I, I just dove into art, you know, head first into painting. Into painting. Yeah. Did, and, um, when, when was that early on? That was early on. Yeah. I, I, I've been painting ever since I can remember, you know, and good at it early on. Now, yeah. you know, I mean, I've seen some of your paintings. Amazing. But I'm talking about from a young age. We, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. From very, very early on, uh, when I was in kindergarten, you know, I mean, you know, that my kindergarten teachers <laughs> saw that I, uh, that I had an ability and she would give me, she gave me watercolors. She's like, you're, you know, you're beyond crayons. <laughs> so I, I was doing watercolors and kind of like from my memory doing still life paintings of, you know, like grapes and fruit and a decanter of wine and things that I remember from what, what I saw on my table at home. Is that peaceful to paint like that? It know? is. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, is it peaceful? I think so. I think it's, it's a lot closer to me as an artist uh, than anything else, than than either acting or directing. You sold a lot of paintings. So is it true that you sold a painting for like? I mean, I don't want to count your money, but uh, public knowledge, I think it said like you sold one for like six million dollars or something like that. Is no, that true actually, yeah, something well, one of your paintings yeah, yeah. may sold. Well, it wasn't wasn't my painting. Um, 
it, it, well, I mean, it's a painting that I discovered. Uh, it was an old master, a, a 17th century, uh, you know, old master from uh, from Italy. Um, and I, I I discovered it in a small auction house in uh, in Germany, and uh, I identified it because I you know, obviously studied art history and studied sure. painting, and uh, my my period was 17th century Baroque and Renaissance, mainly Italian Baroque. So um, it was something that I was familiar with. I knew all of the pretty much a lot of the the the, the painters in his circle and in, in, in this artist's studio, and you could see that that the hand and the, the, the quality of painting was way above any kind of student or someone yeah. in a circle. It was a masterful painting. And it was, it was hidden under centuries of, of, you know, old varnish and grime and, and, uh, and campaigns of uh, retouching and overpainting. Did, did mom and dad support your, uh, you know, you wanting to paint? Yes, absolutely. I, <laughs> that was the, the see, I, I you, you know, we came from really not much. You know sure. what I mean? Like, you know, we, we were a you know, blue-collar family. Sure. You know, my father worked in uh, in a dye house. You know, he was, he was in a dyer's union. Uh, my mother was a seamstress. What's that dyer's union? What a dyer. That? Well, they they dye fabrics. Oh, they really? dye all okay. kinds of shit. And and my father, you know, when I was in when I was in high school and in college, you know, the canvas was 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 expensive. So anytime they did canvas, you know, that the owner knew that you know his the, my my father's son was was a painter and so they would give him some canvas and that's that's how I would stretch it and and use that when I was going to school you know what about mom what did mom do she was a seamstress oh nice she, yeah she was a seamstress but an amazing person my mother is uh, uh you know uh, she's she's done i mean like I, I don't know anybody that with the strength of of, of this woman uh, she took care of my grandmother. Would come home and cook for for the family. You know, uh, my grandmother a had a stroke. It's unbelievable the thing that she would go back to work, come in and and cook and do the you know the, the, do our clothes and bet. It's unbelievable stuff. You know, things that are uh, you know, uh, you know things that we we kind of take for granted. Sure. But when you look back at it and you're like, how did one person do all that stuff? You know, it was unbelievable. They're special, you know. I know they're sp incredibly <clears throat> special. You know, I know exactly what you mean when you when you speak like that. Um, you know, from just from my mom. I mean, just you know the experiences I've I've had. You know, when you got like, uh, is is mom still alive? Yes. You yeah, know, when you, you got yeah. the Sopranos uh, uh, gig, you know, was she happy about that? Yeah. You like, know, see, you take her out to eat. Yeah. Like, you know, did you celebrate. You know. Well, it was interesting because. When I when I started acting, I never told because I, I studied formally. I studied on full scholarship for sure. painting here at the School of Visual Arts in New York City. So I never I never told anybody that I was getting into acting because I, I saw the reaction of certain friends that I mentioned it to. They're like, oh, oh my god, what are you going to give up painting? I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to give it up. I'm like, you know, they they started getting threatened sure. that. So I didn't want to do that. I didn't. I I just kind of mentioned to them that I was. I was just kind of doing it on the side, and, and sometimes I just didn't mention it at all. And vice versa. In acting, it was all about acting. I never mentioned that I was a painter. So um, I remember the first time that my, my uh, parents came to see me was, uh, you know, in a, uh, in, a, in a play. It was a regional production of, a few, of You from the Bridge by Arthur Miller. And, uh, and my sister came and, you know, like the, the family came and I, my uncle from Canada was, it was nice to, to show them what I've been working on sure. for so many years, you know? And 
I remember my mother, because there, there was a, a scene where I had to spit in another person's face. <laughs> and I came off stage and she's looking at me like this. You spit in that guy's face. <laughs> I said, Ma, I was in the script. What do you want me to do? And I remember my, I remember my sister telling me, uh, she said, you know, you, you made me laugh and you made me cry in the, in the two hours that you were up on that stage. And she says, I realize that this is a path you have to take. Sure. And I, it meant so much to me that my sister said that because, you know, you, you want you want their affirmation. You want, you know, you want your parents and your, your, your siblings to see what you're doing and to, to see that, you know, this is another art form and another expression uh, of being an artist. You know, it, it, it's, it's special to have your family there. Yeah. Get, get get the confirmation, get the affirmation. But it's, more importantly, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I want to circle back to the original question yeah. because this relates to it. Okay. When I, I was telling you that we do table reads, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that first day that I went into a table read, you know, I was, I was ready for anything. I was 35 years old. I was like, I was like ready for anything. And I was a little bit cocky and... <laughs> I, I came into that table read and I'm sitting there, right? And I was, I was very confident. I knew, I knew uh, uh, Vinnie Pastore and I knew uh, Michael Imperioli. And then I start looking around the table and I see, I see uh, Dominic Chinese, mm. Johnny Ola. Then I see Nancy Marchand. Then I see David Chase. Now I know who David Chase is. <laughs> and now, and, and, and Edie, I'm like, Holy shit. I started panicking. I started really fucking panicking in my seat. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this. I was like, it in, in, in that split second, I was like sort of above myself, looking down at the whole situation. And now I'm, I've, in my ear, I'm starting to edit everything. I'm starting to, I'm, I'm saying I'm going to fuck this up. Sure. I'm, I'm just going to screw this whole fucking thing up and I'm going to be fired after this fucking table read. And, and... I hear, like, there's this other, there's other thing in the background. It was almost like a muffled thing that everybody's saying their name and their character name, and it's going around a table. And then it came to me, and my heart is fucking pounding. And all of a sudden, I said, Federico Castelluccio, Furio Junta. <laughs> and it, I went right into my character. And from that point on, I knew I was part of it. Yeah. I knew I was part of it, and... And every time I, one, my, my scenes came up, I heard little chuckles from different people, little laughing, you know what I mean? And it was there. It was on. I was part of it. That was when you knew you arrived. Exactly. But actually, there was another time when I knew I arrived. Was when I was with Vince, uh, Vinnie Pastor. In, Big Puss. In Canada. Yeah, Big Puss. That rat fuck. Ah, uh, what are you going to do, man? I'm only on point point. <laughs> Go ahead. He hated being a rat, but you know what? Look at that. He was yeah. only on two seasons. I tell you, he's such he, he's, he's such a mob. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to put him in a box, but he's incredible yeah. for mob movies. Anyway, Tone yeah. on four dollars a pound. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I don't want you to lose where you are. Um, so so Vinny Pastor. So uh, what was I saying? I forgot. I lost my train of thought. Uh, you were saying that there's another part because uh, I said you arrived. This is oh you, yes, yeah. oh yeah. I was with Vinny Pastor in in Canada and. Uh, we were at the Four Seasons. Uh, you know, my uncle lives in, in Toronto, so he came, you know, we were going to have lunch. So I said goodbye to Vinny. He was by the car carport. <laughs> and uh, and I'm about, like, you know, maybe 100 yards away, if that, not even. 
And I hear Vinny call me, Federico, Federico. And he's waving me back. And I said, what? What's up? He goes, come here. So I said, I, to my uncle, I said, you know, Uncle Lugo, I said, let's, let's go back. He wants to talk to, talk, talk to me about something. As I'm getting closer to him, he's standing, he's standing next to a guy now, and he's talking to this guy. And, and I'm getting closer and closer. I said to my uncle, I go, I said, that guy looks, he, he, that looks like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> we get up to him. He's like, this is Burt Reynolds. And, and he's like, hey, kid, <laughs> you're doing a great job. I said, Burt Reynolds, you know who I am? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I said, what the? I said, you know, you know, you know who I am? I said, this is amazing. <laughs> I said, I'm a huge fan of yours, man. I said, I saw everything that you did. So, but anyway, it was, <laughs> that was the moment that I really kind of realized this was way bigger than I ever thought. You know, that's fucking classic. I'll tell you one thing, man. You tell a fucking good story, man. Oh, really? No, you do. Oh, I'm dead serious. You, I'm dead serious. I'm just, you know. Sometimes you tell, listen, I don't like to do the formal interview like, oh, uh, well. No, know. I like bouncing around. But, I like because it just, reminds me of other stuff and, you know. Yeah, no, just, you're a good storyteller, man. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you, you, that. You, you know, uh, um, with your, with Furio, you were only, okay, so you got the part, you know. Yeah. But you were only, correct me if I'm wrong, you are only supposed to do what, like a couple of episodes? Well, no? it was a three-episode. Well, this is a good story, too, man. Okay. Well, it's, it's a short story, but, it's, yeah, it's you know, okay. it, it, was, it, was, it was slated for three episodes and in and out. That, but it was a character arc, and it gave me a little something to sink my teeth into. We shot everything out of sequence. Okay, the first time you see uh, Furio Junta is in Italy, in right? Italy, yes. First time you see him there. But we shot the, we shot... The scene after that, where he is, where he goes and he, you know, he wreaks havoc in the brothel. Sure. Right. Excuse me. So, that was the first thing I shot on the Sopranos. And um, what happened was the second table read that we did, or maybe the third table, maybe the second table read. They started editing that see that scene. And at the, at the end of the table read, I'm about to leave. And right by the door, Lorraine Bracco was kind of standing there. And she was talking to David Chase. And I'm just about to leave. I said goodbye to everyone. I said, take care. And David turns around and he says, wait till you see what your scene looks like from Big Girls Don't Cry. It's amazing. He's like, it's amazing. And he walked away. I said, whoa, man, that's very cool. See, I didn't know much about David Chase, sure. but Lorraine did. She worked an entire season with him. She looked at me. She goes, Federico, um, hold on to that. It's very rare that you hear that from David. Sure. And it, it was the first and last time I ever heard that. <laughs> but it was, it was cool because they, they started writing for me after that. They realized that they liked this character, you know. They, they, liked, they wanted to write more. Was that sh where was the uh, the Italy? That wasn't in Italy. That was in Italy. Really, yeah, you of went course, to Italy? man. Yeah, really. Come on, you, you I'm can't, thinking. You can't I mean, fake look. Italy. It's two thousand <laughs> years, man. Two thousand years of fucking history there. They went all the way down to Italy. You know, the reason why I say that for is there are a lot of parts of movies. You think of like Bronx Tale was shot in like Brooklyn. There was a lot of parts shot in Brooklyn. You know, well, like, that's you're right. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. When I when I saw that when I saw that script and it said Naples, Italy. I thought the same thing. I thought they were going to probably shoot it somewhere that looks like Naples, you know, like maybe in a restaurant or something. I had no idea they were going there. This is an important. So who went? You went on a plane? Like yeah, yeah, like a we private all went. Jet yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, what? Yeah. Um, 
we all went. We, you know, it was uh, me and Jim and, uh, you know, the director, the, you know, David Chase was there. Um, and, yeah, yeah. So we, a there was a lot. It was a, a private jet. No, no, we 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 flew commercial. Okay, but uh, we were we flew first class. Yeah, and uh, I, there's a picture. I don't know if it's online. It might be on on IMDb of me, Jim, and uh, Vinnie Pastor on the yeah. plane. You know, I don't know if it's. I think no, no, that one we were going to the Emmys. That we were going to the Emmys on. That Walnuts one. came. Paulie came. Paulie came. That's right. <laughs> his, his famous one of his one of his famous lines from that was. When they're talking about Mauro, uh, uh, the old man, when he comes in the wheelchair, <laughs> and they're realizing that he's senile, <laughs> he's like, "Hey, Tom, you give this guy a golf club, he can fuck it, <laughs> or something like that." <laughs> he had some. Try to fuck it. He had some of the best lines. Yeah. Um, you know, classic lines. Oh, classic lines, absolutely. You know, he, he, I, I love. See? I love when he was complaining uh, when he went to. I think like a. I remember the part, but when they went to like a Starbucks or whatever, him and uh, Vinnie Pastor were there, like they're taking our <laughs> they're recipe. Taking, you know what? Can they, I tell you something? I felt the same way. Yeah, I, yeah. When when Starbucks was created and and started, like I'm like shit. This is Ita this is supposed to be Italian. Sure, it's not supposed sure. to be Starbucks. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> and so I. You know what? And that's probably what David Chase felt as well, and he wrote it in. Sure. And. You know, he touched the sentiment of uh, many, many Italians. I'll tell you, guy, guy was very talented. You know, incredibly uh, talented. Bringing it back for a second, you're in theater. You're doing yeah. a bunch of things when you're young. You know, uh, but sometimes money uh, is hard. Did, did you have any other jobs that, that, yeah. that you worked? Like, uh, I was illustrating uh, uh, right out of high, right out of uh, um, school of visual arts. I was making money with my my paintings. I sure. bought my house with my paintings. Really? Uh, yeah, my illustration was pretty lucrative at the time, but it started changing uh, right around the time that computers and computer graphics started coming into sure. play. Uh, my the the you know the painted illustrations they started kind of fading out, and I saw that. I saw that like years in advance. I started as soon as that that I said this is going to be the future, and I. I slowly kind of dissipated that from, from you know, my life, which was illustration. And, and I decided I really didn't feel that illustration was me. You know, I was, I was kind of uh, meeting the needs of a, of, of a client, of an art director. Sure. And every once in a while, you know, you would bring in a, a, a job, a, a painting that you worked so hard for. And they said, you know, they have very little time. They have no, the, the deadlines were like, there was no time, like a few days in order to do a painting, which takes a long time. And then you get there and then the art director says, well, I'd like to change this color and this is not right. And, you know, go ahead, go back home. Like, I thought you only had three days. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, you know, and so that kind of stuff really didn't sit well with me. And I was always a painter from, from nature, sure. you know. And so that's what I did. I, I decided I was going to paint and you know, paint what I wanted to paint and then sell it through a gallery. Sure. And that's how, that's how I made a living as well. And that's how I paid for my acting classes. Yeah. Did you, did you ever work like, uh, in, in a restaurant or, uh, any type of odd jobs? No, uh, no, never. Mm -mm. God bless. Listen, that's, no, I, I you know, I, I don't want to sound no, you know, no, no, no. arrogant or anything. When I was a kid, I mean, I, I, yeah, I did a whole bunch of odd jobs. I worked in a printing house, printing place, um, and uh, then I worked at right after, uh, during uh, high school, I, at the end, I was working at the Patterson Evening News, Patterson News, which is now defunct, but 
um, I was doing kind of pen and ink illustrations there. And and then I worked at Carvel. <laughs> really? <laughs> One summer, yeah, Stupid when I was a kid. Stupid fucking ice cream cake. Stupid fucking ice cream. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I worked at, at Carvel one summer. Um, but you know what? Uh, I, I realized working for a boss, it just wasn't for me. You know? Yeah, I had to do my own thing. Sure, sure. Look, look where we are today with entrepreneurship and how many people take that leap. It yeah. wasn't like that many years ago. I know. People thought you had to work for somebody. You had That's to. That's true. You know, you had to clock in. You don't have to do that. You create your own shit these days. Well, you know, when I was illustrating, I was my own boss. Sure. But, you know, working for clients, other yeah. companies, you know, clients. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, we'll take a break in a second. We'll come right back. Um, but but before we go to a break, there was cocaine scenes in Sopranos, particularly yeah. you, you yeah. and Chrissy. And, and yep. uh, you know, how do they do the cocaine scenes? Like for people who It was a uh, baby laxative. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just baby laxative. I, I, you know, you know, it's... It's... That kind of stuff is kind of is uh, rampant in, in our industry. Um, when I grew up in Patterson, I had a lot of guys, a lot of friends, very close friends that uh, fucked their entire lives up and, you know, wind up killing themselves, you know, with with heroin and, sure. you know, all kinds of drugs. Um, I stayed away from it. It wasn't, wasn't for me, you know what I mean? I, um, you know, have a drink here and there, you know what I mean, uh, socially, uh, usually like with dinner. Drink? I, I grew up, my first alcohol I had was w uh, when I was in college uh, at a um, at an opening, one of my, my first openings, and I was parched. My, my they, they didn't have water, but they had white white and red wine there. So um, I drank some red wine. I'm like, hey, this is not bad, especially when you're thirsty, you know. Yeah, I love uh, red wine. Yeah. Red wine, I drink, my, let me tell you something, I drink a... Uh, I'm a big wine drinker, bit red wine, but I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I only like red wine. I love to eat with red wine. Me too. Whether yeah. it be pasta, whether it be steak, whether it be fish, um, yep. whether you know, it's funny because some of my friends I grew up with, that you know, they'll say, "Hey, Pete, you know, good to see you. Let, let me get you a drink. What do you want?" And I'm like, oh, "Give me a glass of a Merlot." And they're like, "Stop, <laughs> stop fucking around. Like, what do you want to drink?" And I'm like, "No, give me a glass of Merlot. I mean, I'll take, I'll take a fucking Cabernet. I'll take a Malbec." And I said, "But that's what I want." Mm -hmm. But people look at it like, eh, you know, it's like, like I, I, I love it, man. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what fucking people think, you know. Yeah, and every once in a while, McClellan's uh, or Doers or something with a cigar, you know what sure. I mean? Uh, lately, I've been, you know, uh, uh, there's a a friend, uh, uh, you know, Vince Young. He was in, he was in 90210. And, no, uh, we just did a film together. We met met on this film. What's it called? It it's called uh, the Fifth Borough. Nice. Yeah, and it's an independent film, and it was a bunch of bunch of you know New York, good sure. New York actors in him, in it. And Lilo was in it. Oh, really? Yeah, Lilo yeah, Brancato. Yeah. Lilo Brancato, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, he's like, hey, man, you know, every once in a while I have a stogie. I'm like, hey, sure, let's 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 do it. Every once in a while we, we go downtown, bars and books. And, uh, nice. Yeah. You ever smoke a cigar with uh, Gandafini? Of course. Yeah. Many times. Yeah. yeah. We loved it. I mean, we, you know, that was, we used to have cigar events. You know, cigar aficionados sure. put us on the cover, sure. you know, front and back. Sure. Did a whole, did a whole uh, editorial on us. Classic times. Listen, into yeah. this, we're not done. Uh, let's take a quick break. We're sitting here with the one and only Federico Castellucci. Bravo. Okay? Bravo. Fiorio, listen, don't fuck around, okay? Or else I'll send them <laughs> after you. We'll be right back. Cheer. Hey, what up? It's Killer Mike, a.k.a. Michael Render, Killer Kier from The Ville, and I am locked in right here on the Premium P Show. Man, forget about it. You ever met De Niro? 
I have, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I have. Actually, uh, to, much to my surprise, he, he actually speaks fluent Italian. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he... Um, I was introduced to him by uh, um, Whoopi Goldberg and Caroline Ray. Really? Well, that's, such yeah. a, that's such a I, weird I, 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 introduction. Uh, yeah, it's out of, well, I've known Whoopi for a long time. We did a charity uh, charity event um, years ago. And, um, you know, and so she she had um, what did she do oh she yeah she produced a film it was a, it was it was a, it was a documentary on ma mabel's mm. she was a comedian and she was gay like for that time period sure. like i forget what was it 30s or 40s or something like that and uh and so i went to the the, the thing the, the party afterwards and there's the nero i'm like holy shit there's you know i've i've been in his company before just one time before, you know, <laughs> we did it. We did a charity event uh, for Katie Couric, what it was, I believe. And at the end, the very end, I went out to go get a cab. And then he walks out and he's standing across from me. <laughs> so I just looked over at him and he, he did this. He's like, and I, I did the same thing. I go, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so so the second time, and I, I had, I found out through, uh, through a lot of people that he didn't particularly care for the Sopranos. Really? Yeah. I, I knew I knew that he wasn't a fan. And, you know, maybe it's because of, you know, he, he around that time when Sopranos came out, he was doing that that other film, uh, Analyze That or Analyze This. Yeah, yeah. And so when um, when <laughs> Caroline Ray and, and Whoopi started introducing me, they're like, this is Federico from the Sopranos. I go, no, 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 don't say that. I know he's I said I well, they're like why I said well I, I I heard that you know he doesn't really care for the Sopranos and he's like oh no it's okay it's all right you know and then we start talking and and uh Caroline said he's a he's a wonderful painter and he goes oh you're a painter I said yeah yeah I I heard that your father's a painter he goes yeah you know he is and then um he goes where did you study I said the school of visual arts in New York City he said that's where my father studied wow and uh and then he says, where, where are you from? I said, yeah, Napolitan. I'm from Naples. And he's like, ah, oh, say Napolitan. And, and so we started, we started going back and forth in Italian. And so I was surprised. I didn't realize. I said, man, I, I, I didn't realize you spoke Italian as well. Fucking you know? De Niro, huh? Yeah. Well, God bless him. You know, you mentioned before we went on the break, you mentioned that uh, you smoked tons of cigars with Gandolfini. And, yeah, and, and what, anytime we got a chance. You so, know, and we, so that was after shooting, like, meaning, like, is that the. So yeah. did you just form like a brotherhood, we everybody? Did. We, uh, you know, can I tell you, you know, uh, Jim was. Just, that, that's exactly what I what it, we all call, you know, he was like a brother to us. You know, sure. he was. He really cared about everyone around him, uh, about his friends, uh, his, you know, his castmates. All the people that were around him, he really, he, I mean, he was a, he was a great guy, great, great human being. And um, it, sometimes I think he cared more about other people than himself, mm. you know. And uh, I just knew that that first time that we worked together, uh, what kind of, what kind of a humble person he was. I, you know, at about 3.30 in the morning when we, we finished our last shot, I went up to him and I said, uh, I said, uh, James, he goes. He called me Jim. I said, I said James. <laughs> I said, uh, I said it's a real honor uh, working with you. And he's like, he, I said I've been following your work for a long time. He's like, me? You've been following my work? 
<laughs> he's like, really? I said, yeah, man. I said, it's just a real pleasure and an honor to be working with you. And, um, and you know, he was, um, he was really humble. And I'm like saying, wow, this guy's just a regular guy, you know? And he's just so incredibly talented and couldn't have been more, like, he couldn't have been more right for that role, you know? And I'm glad they didn't go with a, with a recognizable face or a recognizable name. Isn't it true that Ray Liotta was turned down the part of yeah, of, of uh, exactly. Tony Soprano? Exactly. Yes, he did. Um, I can't picture. Well, I mean, now, I love after, Ray. I love Ray, yeah, but I, I love, can't I love picture Ray too. Chantix. Yeah. Anyway, oh, uh, that, guy, that guy's classic. <laughs> did you see that guy? Yeah. Uh, Nicky Petito. Nicky Petito. Oh my God! I just met him. That guy's talented. Fucking amazing! Amazing. Yeah. He should be on SNL. Yeah. Yeah. This kid's Super gotta, talented. I gotta see if I could. His Danny. Hook him up. I, his Danny Aiello impression. Yeah, he's, he's like, I'm gonna give you, uh, you. <laughs> oh my God, he had me dying. Yeah, he's, 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 I haven't met him yet, but uh, talented. Spike. That, yeah, <laughs> and that goes to show you how powerful the internet is. Here yeah. we are talking about him. Yeah, that's right. He made on the internet. That's exactly right. You have to go right. pitch it to a fucking TV show or or network or anything like that. Did it on his own. That's very true. That's very true. And he, you know, he's just got the gift, man. He's. You know, he's better than most people that are on that, that show, on SNL. Sure, sure, sure. Ray Liotta. Did oh, Ray Liotta, what, yeah. What did you hear about it that? Well, I heard the same thing you heard. There yeah. was also uh, someone else that was, was offered the role was Chaz Palminteri. Really? Chaz was, was offered like, early on. Uh, yeah, they were thinking about him for, for Tony Soprano. Uh, but think how different it might have been with without, you know, you, I just can't picture anybody else doing it after seeing... Seeing Jim in that role. What about Silvio? You know, like you know. Yeah, he, he was also considered for it, but he was just—it was way above his head. He'll—he'll he'll tell you himself. Yeah. You know. How's he? Oh, great guy. I yeah. mean, you know, he's a musician. He's an artist. Very intelligent guy. Uh, you know, he's a very engaging guy when you when you when you have a conversation with him and talk yeah. about anything. Almost incredible uh, musical background. I mean, history, musical history background. You know, even at the like the height of Sopranos, like were you still painting and selling of paintings? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, I've, uh, man, I've, I've been painting my entire life, yeah. and uh, it's you know, it's really who I am. You know, mm. uh, and I've I've said a couple times, and and I I don't want it to come across in an arrogant way, <laughs> but I I always felt like I I, I came into this world as um, as a painter. Sure. You know, and um, and. What attested that one of the things that that kind of later on in life made me realize that is that my mother wanted to call me Luca mm. when I was born, and uh, you know they decided because her older brother was Federico, so you know they named they named you after you know siblings and grandfathers and everything, and that was a great grandfather. And Luca Panzerino, which was one of my great grandfathers, was also uh, named after well. My my other uncle, which they screwed up his name at birth, <laughs> and they called him Ugo instead of Luca. But anyway, uh, when I when I started studying um, history and art history, I came to find out that Saint Luke was the patron saint of painters, and my mother wanted to call me Luca. Mm. Interesting, right? So she had the, the she knew there yeah. was something, and and also he was the patron saint of doctors. Mm. Which if I weren't in this business. Or, or an artist or a painter, I would have probably gone into uh, orthopedics. Mm. And I have two two nephews that are that are doctors. Really? Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. You know, you three episodes. Hmm? 
three episodes is what you signed up for. Signed up for three episodes. You wind yeah. up doing three, three seasons. seasons. How do like how, how does that now? I, I know they I, started to write for you, but how did yeah. that happen? Well, here here's what. Uh, the guy, remember the guy I told you that came up to me in my first audition for the producers? Yeah, he was... Uh, Terry Winter. Yes, yes. Terrence Winter. Well, Terry, when I, when I you know, got the job and, I'm, you know, I, I was at Silver Cup Studios, <laughs> nobody knew who Terry was either. So, he, you know, he comes over to me. He's, like, all wide-eyed and everything. <laughs> and, and, you know, he comes over to me. He says, hey, Federico. He goes, I can't tell you. You did such a great job, you know, in the audition. He goes, when you first walked in... With your build and everything, we you know we weren't sure you can handle the fighting, but then you you know you you mimicked all the fighting and everything, and it was like you walked off my page, and I, I and, and I'm not making this up. I mean, I just recently the 20th anniversary, uh, he was interviewed and he actually says this, he says these words. It was like he walked off my page, and uh, it, you know it made me feel really like. You know, I, I, I hit the mark. I hit the mark, and I knew sure. that at, at the age of 35, I was ready for anything to come to me, to come at me, you know, and I was ready to handle it. And um, it, was, it, was, it was an awesome feeling. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> so that's, that. going back to your question, sure. that's, you know, knowing that I, I, it was like someone that I walked off his page, <laughs> you know, the character walked off the page, he started... I guess writing for me and started, you know, they started writing for me. You know, one of the famous scenes where, um, you know, about where you thought about pushing uh, Tony into the helicopter, you know, is yeah. it true that he didn't show up that first night? But what's the story around that? Cause I heard that, uh, from what I heard, I remember, you know, from people just over the years that there's a lot of history behind that scene that James Gandolfini actually didn't show up the first night. Is that correct or no? Um, to like that scene I, or whatever. You know what? I I would be. I, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I I'd rather not talk about that. Yeah. I I I've, you know, Jim Jim was was too special of a guy sure. to, to say anything that negative or anything. Yeah, I, yeah I, sure, you know, sure, sure. I don't want this to. Uh, this is the kind of thing that I just don't want to put out there. Yeah, yeah. He was he whatever happened. Other people you've read, you know, whether it's true or not. You know, I'm not going to go into it. Yeah, no, no, I'm it's sorry, all good. man. It's all good. No, 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 it's not even like that. It's all good. No, I know, I know. It's just, uh, you know, I just want to remember him. You know, the great memories that we had, and and I'm, I, I just can't even believe he's gone. Can't, you know, can't you pick remember, up the phone. Do you remember the day uh, that you found out? Where were you that he passed? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was doing a table read of a, of a feature film, um, with. Uh, with a bunch of great New York actors, and uh, Alec Baldwin was was in it, and uh, the whole time we were we were doing the reading, the, the up to the the part where we we stopped and then we took a break, you know, to go get a coffee, you know, in the next room, and then to come back. The whole time I'm looking over at at uh, Alec, and he's he's texting. I'm like, this fucking guy's not even into it, man. He's like, you know, he's like he's like doing his part. He's reading his thing and then texting. I'm like, Jesus, man, I heard that, you know, you can't put the phone down, but this is ridiculous. Sure. Well, what was happening, what happened was we took the break. I went in. I was just about to, you know, pour some coffee. He goes, he comes out. He's like, Federico. He goes, you're not going to believe this, but Jim Gandolfini died in Rome of a heart attack. I said, I said it's bullshit. You found it online? He goes, no, 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 no. It's all over the news. He goes, if you saw I was texting, that was my agent 
texting texting me saying that this is he was like is he thought it was bullshit too and he was texting back and so that's when that's how i found out now did you did you speak to him before then like you know if he had any type of you know issues or was that something that you know threw you by uh, surprise and it was a, it was a shock to everybody it was a shock i mean uh, you know my aunt my my she was the midwife that that delivered me and and you know she was a midwife to my for my mother that that helped sure. deliver me when i was born in naples and uh i was born in the home actually in naples and and she uh she unfortunately died of a massive heart attack just like gandolfini died and sometimes it just it just you know you you don't know that those are the signs and then all of a sudden you know you're gone you know he received uh, 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 such a showering of love you know when he passed i mean it was from like, everyone from, from you know, yeah i mean i'm I sure mean, he was looking down like kind of like you know smiling or just proud or surprised or or you know that cuz you never know what you know sometimes like he was a genuine guy yeah, man yeah. he was he was a he, you know he i think people saw how genuine he was and and it and it came across in his work and the love that he put into his work you know um you know you obviously uh shared uh, a bunch of moments with him if you could sit back and think what was uh, one of your favorite moments that you uh shared with uh, oh my god there was, there was so many i mean even if it doesn't have yeah, to be on uh, it doesn't it, have to be you know, on tell well, you know, on, you know I, i've 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 mentioned this this um this situation before uh we were we you know we did appearances you know at you know when we when sopranos was at the height of its popularity we would you know we we were requested from different casinos and different people you know they were paying us a lot of money to do these these appearances they were meet and greets and sure. you know we'd take pictures and and every time we would go to these things you know <laughs> tony sirico <laughs> would always have this guy that drove him there and he was just like this blonde guy it was Kind of, was kind of a husky kind of guy, and he was like his bodyguard. You know, sure. he, was, he was always dressed with a, with a suit, really nice and funny kind of guy. I forget his name. Uh, and one one day we 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 were up at uh, in Connecticut doing this appearance, and they had sort of like a huge green room in the back with food all over the place, and there's this huge plate of spaghetti in the middle of this table. It was kind of in the middle, and uh, I you know I walked in. Gandolfini was right behind me, and <laughs> I, 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 I'm looking at a few people, and they're, they're, you know, I see Lorraine Bracco, and she's kind of, like, got her arms folded, and she's smoking a cigarette, and, and several people are looking towards the table, towards that plate of spaghetti in the center, huge, huge, like, bowl of spaghetti, and there's this guy, this guy that's always, like, really nicely dressed, and he's always, like, sharp and everything, and he's leaning all the way over into the middle of the table and, you know, like twirling the spaghetti on sure. the, and and his hair is all fucked up. It's all messed up. And he's dragging the, the, the spaghetti off the bowl onto the table. It's dragging on the table onto his shirt. It was, <laughs> and he was eating the spaghetti. <laughs> and now and he's his legs are spread open. He's like it, his shirt is all fucked. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I see I see Lorraine Bracco. She's over there smoking. It was like, this was like a theater. It was watching, it was like watching theater. And everybody was like, and I, and Gandolfini looks at me and he looks at the situation. And I said to him, I go, I think we should get this guy out of here, man. This is, so he goes, come on, 
let's grab him. So I grab him under one arm and he grabs him under the other arm. <laughs> We're trying to figure out where he, where he, what room he's in. And, you know, he tells us the room. So we're going, we go up the elevator and, you know, it's, it's, you know I, I said to Jim, I said, this guy's going to throw up all over us, man. He's like, look at him. He's got the fucking, so, and so we, we go to the room that he's saying that he's like, where's your key? So he gives us his key and it's just like, you know, this flat key that you put in. So we're trying to key. It's, it's fucking thing is not working, man. I said, sure, you sure this is the room? We're trying the key. We're like trying a knob and everything. <laughs> and that green key is, that green light is not coming on. It keeps going red. I said, you sure? He's like nodding his head. Yeah, yeah, this is it. So we're still, you know, we're still grabbing him. And all of a sudden, some guy opens the door. He's like, hey, what the hell is going Tony Soprano and Furio? What the? F he's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> so he's like, this guy that was in his room, he looks at, <laughs> he's seen like, he, it looked like it could have been blood, you know? <laughs> he had it all over his mind. <laughs> it would just look like a scene from The Soprano. The guy didn't know what the hell was going on. He's like, Tony Soprano, Furio. <laughs> Don't kill him. So it was it was the same number, but it was one floor above, and we finally got him to his room. <laughs> Poor guy died, actually. Really? When, that night? No, no, not that night. Later on, I found out he, he passed away. But that was, uh... <laughs> oh, man. Hey, what's up with this prequel of The Sopranos, man? You see Tony's, uh, uh, well, you me, uh, James's uh, son is, yeah. uh, is going to play. That kid looks just like he him. He looks just like him. How perfect. I mean, you couldn't ask more for more perfect casting than that. Dude, it's what, now what, called what Newark. Know? I yeah. thought it was called The Many Saints of Newark yeah. uh, after uh, Moltisanti, which was, uh, you know, I think uh, Dickie Moltisanti, which was uh, 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 Michael Imperioli's character's uh, father, basically, yeah. you know. Now it's just uh, called Newark. Michael Mult huh? Now it's just called Newark, I think. It's just called Newark, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I like the Many Saints of Newark. Yeah, I, I kind of that was kind of a cool title. Do, do, are they still casting, or are you gonna? Oh, I have no idea. You know, uh, but you got to call your agent, the raspy voice, hey, Federico. <laughs> we're, we're gonna get you in Newark. I hope Bob's still alive. Yeah. Lost touch with him. You know, but um, no, I I think that you know this is a whole new thing. It's gonna it's gonna revolve around. I I don't know how much of the the actual Sopranos uh, storyline will be in there, but. You know, I, I I think it's going to be a whole new storyline. You know, you know, um, one thing I do want to say is 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 and how I became, uh, you know, uh, met you and stuff is because of a couple of good folks that I know and I want to talk about this. Oh is yeah, something it's called Sopranos Con. Absolutely, and yeah. something that I'm very uh, uh, excited about for people to know and the people to get aware of. You know, um, you know, it's funny that you would see like. And I love their slogan, like it says, "For you know, uh, by the fans, for the fans. for the fans." Yeah, you know, it's now, great. It goes to show you how much people, like how much of. Let me tell you something. So I'm speaking from a Brooklyn guy. Yeah, we used to run home, 9 p.m. to watch Sopranos. Oh yeah. And I don't even. And I'm, I'm not saying a lot. Of people do that all over. I'm just speaking from myself. Yep. We used to make sure we're home. I, 858, Me too, man. <laughs> I was pulling in the fucking driveway or, or, or running home or whatever it was, but we had to be home to watch it. And one thing I really enjoyed was when you get the end of the episode where it gives you a little prequel to what's coming next, next week. Yeah. And, and, and that was something I really loved. So when you see, you think about, and you know, like you speak about, you know, the, the signings and the picture taking uh, and these events, and you know how, how you know, the, the following that, that the soprano has. So, you know, obviously after 20 years, you know, with Sopranos, and I remember like talking to these guys and I was like, this is a fucking great idea. 
It is a great idea. And 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 so let me just give the internet some info on yeah, it. Yeah, go Because ahead. I want to give them uh, what they got going on. November 23rd and 24th, and we'll continue to push this, but November 23rd and 24th of this year, at the fucking Meadowlands, okay? <laughs> In Secaucus, New How Jersey. How perfect is that, man? Okay. Uh, Sopranos Con, two days. I think they got, uh, we'll, you know, we'll go over, but I think they got Big Pussy, uh, Richie, Patsy, Little Carmine, Agent Harris, Mikey Palmese, Jackie Jr. They got Eugene, they got Finn. They even may have the horse there, uh, uh, <laughs> Pileman. You know, did you ever see the horse? You ever met the, met the horse? No, I never met the horse. Well, uh, <laughs> you, you will that day. Um, but then they also, supposedly, they may have Johnny Sack. They may have... L- l- listen, it's going to be uh, what I like to see and where I want to get involved in it, too, um, is there's going to be different type of, uh, uh, um, you, you know, uh, how am I saying it? Now I'm fucking losing my words over here. But it's going to be like uh, where we have... There's going to be vendors... There's also going to be, uh, um, you know, different. People. I think it's going to be one of the biggest and most extensive Sopranos experience that you've ever had. I mean, the way they described it to me, it's it's going to be incredible. Yeah. I mean, really. Uh, I mean, they, they're they're talking about sort of going through a maze of different different events and different things, and you know, they might even have. Um, you know, uh, th- episode themes, you know, sure, that they're going to sure. have, you know what I mean, down sure. the road. And I want to do some panels with them. That's what I was trying to say, panels. We're going to do, like, panels of different highlights of movies with different characters that were in them. So we can sit down and kind of do, like, a little panel. A Q&A, a yeah, Q&A. absolutely. You that's, know, that's what we love. We love, you know, like great questions, you know, like t- today. This is this is really good. I like bouncing around. You know, the questions that you're asking are fantastic, you know, and bringing out some really cool memories. Sure. You know, so so I want internet. Let me give that to you again one more time, okay? So I give this to you. It's on it's on IG Sopranos Con, and you go to SopranosCon.com. Find out more info. Buy tickets. Make sure you're in the building. It's gonna be like you know. I only could put it this way, to be honest with you. It's gonna be a fucking experience. November twenty third and twenty fourth, right? At the fucking Meadowlands. How perfect, huh? Listen, listen, as we wind this episode down with my guy Furio, my guy Federico, you know, <laughs> Freddy, whatever the fuck I yeah, want, yeah. you know, I mean. Yeah, you, when I was a kid, they, many that's fucking, what they called me. How many fucking names you got, you know? That's all. <clears throat> you know. When you're an actor, you got a million names. <laughs> you know, when you look back at it and, and, and you say to yourself, even when you, your character was off of Sopranos, wasn't it, didn't they do that in Patterson? I heard you say something like that. They is that Was that set up? Well, that just happened to be. Well, you know, they they found out that I that I well, the there was a the first time I it was very interesting. Do you remember when um, after the the Italy episode, he decides that you know uh, Tony Tony Soprano decides he's going to bring Furio sure sure to, to work with his crew. Yeah, yeah. So he he uh, he gets uh, friend of ours. Yeah, he he go, he gets uh, Paulie Walnuts and he goes. Uh, a friend of ours is coming, coming to you know, coming to work with us. It's going to free you up, and it's going to free Sil. Blah blah blah. Here's the pecking order. He says, you know, he goes, who is it? He's like Furio. He's like, was he coming in to see what indoor plumbing looks like? <laughs> Brilliant lines, man. I'm telling you, the writing was so amazing. But the the thing that was interesting to me personally with that scene right there was that they they shot that. In Patterson, right in front of the Lou Costello statue. Really? Where Lou Costello's there with the with the bat. If you go back and you see that scene, they actually have a crane shot from the perspective of Lou Costello looking down on them as well. And Lou Costello, to me, when I was growing up, 
was was like a hero. He was like uh, he was somebody that I, you know was an Italian American, and he made it. He made it into Hollywood, you know. And I always used to think, man, man, he came because you know how I knew that I, as a kid. How would you know that? Well, there were a couple times where he would do these asides, and you know he would look straight in the camera and say, "I should have never left Patterson." I'm like, holy shit, Patterson, man. He was from Patterson, where I grew up. I mean, you know, if if Lou Costello could make it, in, you know, to Hollywood, you know, this maybe I could too. When a I was a kid, I used possible. to think that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah. You know, with the script, you know, we spoke about how they wanted to follow it to a T. Yeah. Only you fucking change it, you know, a drop. Well, yeah, no, it was really my character was the only one that, that could that could afford to do a little sure. bit of that. And, you know, David would call me from time to time and he would he would ask me what certain things meant. Like one day I'm driving in New York City, I'm going from the from the east side back back to the west side. And and he calls me the uh the, the uh Silver Cup Studios uh that calls me. I see it come up on the uh the, the uh, cell phone. And uh they said Federico hold for David. So David gets on the phone. He's like, "Hey Federico." I say, "Hey David, what's going on?" He's like, "Um he goes up, let me ask you something. He goes, what does manage mean? Yeah. <laughs> I go, manage. I said, well, you know, uh, when, when something's not going right, you know, you'd say, manage la marona, oh, manage la marina. He goes, what, is, what does manage la marina mean? I said, well, you know, in Naples, when the Marines, they would come in, they would wreak havoc. Everything would be upside down, you know, fights and this and that. So they, they would say, manage la marina. And so, you know what? He wrote that into the Cadillac scene. You remember? Yeah. When when uh, when Richie April gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and he goes, he throws. He, Tony Soprano throws the keys to Furio. <laughs> Furio goes, looks at the keys, and he goes, Cadillac, Manajala Marine. <laughs> <laughs> He's like more worried about throwing away a good Cadillac than than a body, you know. And of course, I, I you know you know it's another part that people love you for is when you say, "Give me a thousand dollars," you know. Like, oh, that was yeah, yeah. was that Leo? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that was funny. That was that was a good scene actually. I really liked that. I, you know, the guys. I, that was a set. That was a, that was a set that they built. That room. Sure. So, every time I did that scene, I could hear this guy Jeff Marchetti, who was working. You know, he was he was doing set set dressing, set design, and he was like sort of like uh, one of our good friends. You know, that we used, we used to hang around with all the time, and he would set up some appearances. Anyway, I could hear him laughing behind the friggin' wall, man. <laughs> Every time I did, give me $1,000, you know, and I hear him fucking laughing with somebody else back there, <laughs> you know, through the wall, through the, the fake wall. You know, um, on you, you mess with social media, you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram. Do you like it? Oh, uh, man. I, what you do know, you, what, what, I'm first not really. What, is, what, what you are know, you on there? I was, I'm just not no, Mr. No, no, Mr. Castellucci, but I, <laughs> you know, I very rarely go on, it's man. It's okay, I, but what, yeah. what, what is it? So people could. It's uh, Mr. So, Castellucci. So Mr. Yeah. C. Mr. Castellucci, C-A-S-T-E-L-L-U-C-C-I-O, because I couldn't fit Federico Castellucci. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Internet, say hello. Say hello and, uh, you know, follow him and what he's doing. Now, you're working on a couple of new films uh, uh, as well, right? Aren't you shooting a bunch of yeah. things? You shot one in Italy. You, uh, yeah, in, in the Castel one in Sicily, Castellamara yeah. del Golfo, yeah. where your family's yes. from. Uh, that was a few years ago. We, we shot it in, in Texas, and uh, the remaining three weeks were in uh, in Sicily, which was an absolutely beautiful place to be. I'm telling you, it's just I fell in love with Sicily during that shoot. Um, and it was called Leaves of the Tree. Uh, Ante uh, Novakovic was the director on that. And uh, 
and yeah, it was a great thing. Armand Asante was in it. Uh, he played a great uh, Gotti and Gotti. Oh, on he HBO. was he was Gotti. It's like under, it's he became the, he became it's Gotti. There was no that, that you can't you can't compare any other any other Gotti. Yeah, let's put no. it that way. That was fucking incredible. Yeah, and 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 you so you you shot that with uh, with him. And I shot that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There was uh, it was Sean Young was in it and a couple of other actors. You know, you know recognizable names. Um, and what else? Uh, anything else you're working on? Yeah, you know, I just I shot an indie, an independent film last year called Exit Zero, and went to the uh, screening just recently. Uh, Peter Green is in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I tell you, it's, this is really, it's a really, really good film. Uh, Eric Hughes is the director on that, writer-director. Um, E.B. Hughes, it goes by. You know, we started off the episode, I was telling you how many people love your character. I think we may have said that even off air, how many people know, oh, the Italian guy, or oh, is, uh, Tony uh, got him from Italy, oh, the guy with the ponytail. Yeah, with the ponytail. You, you ever go out <laughs> to eat and people recognize you? you? You know, you walk around. All the time, man, yeah. all the time. Not only here. Uh, when I'm in Europe, I mean, people recognize all, I mean, all over, you know, I, I, I remember <laughs> going to, uh, to London and getting stopped like several times on the street in London, people wanting to take pictures. Uh, I was in Italy and I, you know, I was drinking from the fountain. I look up and there's these three people from Israel, you know, wanting to, to get a picture. Uh, people in Australia, I mean, like it's, it's worldwide. I mean, uh, recognition. It's incredible. I mean, look, it's it's just the greatest feeling in the world. You know, uh, some people can't don't handle it well. I I handle it well because I just uh, I was a fan to start with, sure. and I understand where they're coming from. It's an amazing journey when you think about you know being a fan of Gandolfini, being a fan of Sopranos, sitting back watching season one, wanting to be on it, and then literally uh, uh, adding your piece of the puzzle that I was telling you about to it. It's got to yeah. be an amazing feeling. Well, it's inc it's an incredible feeling. I mean, uh, to be part of of you know American television history sure. is uh, I, I'm I'm incredibly proud of it, man. Yeah. You know what? There were a lot of people along the way, and I think we talked about this off air. Where uh, you know you, you have these Italian uh, anti Italian anti defamation groups, you know, sure, sure. Italian guys, and you know I've, I I got caught in a few interviews where they where they kind of. You know, they 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 come in from the side. You know what I mean? Like where you don't see it. And like, uh, and I said, my question to them was, "Have you ever seen the show?" No, I would never watch that show. I said, "Well, that's your problem." I said, "That is the initial problem. You're only judging a book by its cover. Sure, but you haven't seen how brilliant the writing is, and how many professional Italians there are, FBI agents, cops. You know, uh, Melfi. You know, who was a psychologist, uh, doctors." With Italian American names, Italian names. Sure. I said there are probably more Italian names in the professional arena than there were in the mob arena. Was there, you know, Goodfellas has like uh, something where they said that they had like mob guys come by and, you know, just so they could interact with them. Did Sopranos ever do something like that? that I think they had, yeah, you know what? I, th I think they had FBI. Yeah. I, I met a couple FBI agents that came on just to see the accuracy of what they were doing. Um, whether they had like, Real guys from the neighborhood, that's a possibility. Forget about it. We don't know. Yeah, Cosa don't Nostra. Know. Cosa Nostra. Wait, what the fuck do we know? <laughs> Stupid the fucking movie. Stupid the fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen, Internet, listen, uh, first of all, I, I, I want to say, like I said, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on. More importantly, uh, your journey, uh, like I said, as a fan of it, to, 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 to just being such a talented painter, to, 
to turning it into something even more. Literally, like you didn't stop. You know what I mean? You could, you know, no. it, it was a lot of waiting. You know what I mean? Like your story is like. True, I guess man. what I'm trying to say is like you don't even. Re- not saying you don't realize your own story, and I say this a lot. But you're living it, so you don't pay attention to like how much patience you may have. I understand had what you're saying, and, and 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 where it got you, and 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 it's special, man. It's special. To you see. know how you you said before? I think we were off air. You said that you wanted to get out of Brooklyn. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. you said I thought I was always going to be in Brooklyn. Well, I, I always kind of had this this secret dream of getting out of Patterson. Yeah. And you know, and Costello was you know Lou Costello was one of one of those people, one of the one of the people in my life. You know, from a a, a, a distance, <laughs> a major distance, uh, that that kind of put that idea in my head. Yeah, you know, it was it was possible. That's special. It's, it, it, it's special, and and you know what? It, it, it's for people to understand that. Look, without being any pastor Pete over here, if you want to try to make your dreams become reality, you can. You just got to fucking put the work in. Absolutely, that's yeah. the most important part. And listen. Uh, SopranosCon, SopranosCon.com. Check it out. Furio is part of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, this fucking good, uh, uh, thing that's going to be down at the Meadowlands, November 23rd and 24th. Hit me up if you want to know more. Hit SopranosCon on IG if you know more. There's a couple of good fellas putting it together. I like them. I fuck with them. Listen, Furio, Federico, Freddie. I'm calling you a thousand fucking names. Premium Pete. All the best. Pleasure. All the best. Take care. Internet, if you enjoyed that episode, then hit me up. That's right. Email me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Again, that's thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. If you're an advertiser, any big company, small company, startup, whatever it is, you want to advertise on the Premium Peep Show, hit me up. Email thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll get to working. Okay, and if you have a suggestion or you want to hear a certain guest on the show, whatever it is, okay, you know you could at Premium Pete at Premium Pete Show on Twitter or Instagram, or for the last time I'll tell you. Well, I'm not gonna. It's not the last time. Email me the Premium Pete Show at gmail.com, and let's get to working. Cheer. <laughs>